Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here in your house, God. We ask that you fill this podcast with your words. We ask that you fill this podcast with encouragement, with hope, with peace, with guidance, God. We ask that anything we do be done tonight in your will, God. We ask that everything we do be done to lift up your name and edify your people, God. And we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Welcome back, family. You've reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to have you on tonight. Mark, don't even do that. We're I didn't excited. Say anything. I slip up one time, Mark. I didn't say anything. We're having fun tonight. We're Welcome a good back, time. family. You've reached our Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to have you on tonight. We're thankful and grateful that you've stopped by to give us a couple minutes of your time to where we can discuss and talk and learn and teach and laugh and have fun. That's when you know you got good Christian fellowship. Is even any jokes, you're not getting offended or getting mad. It's just it's just fun. It is. No, we uh we're back tonight. We're getting ready to do another good podcast. We got some good topics lined out to kind of uh be as a little bit of a part two from last week. Yep. Giving some opinion on some church church thoughts and church ideas, church problems and church church questions really. So we're gonna go around the table though in, in normal ready to preach podcast fashion and ask everybody how their week's been, how they're doing, what they've been thinking about, what they've been doing. So Mark, you're up. I've been doing pretty good. Been to be honest, lazy the past couple of days. Yeah. But that's the benefit not working those couple of days just yet. Um just getting ready for Sunday school in the morning and for for this coming Sunday. Right. Um enjoyed a couple good church services like we always do. Yep. I mean, it's kind of hard not to enjoy them. Also, we had Saturday. And Saturday. Oh, that was, yeah, that was probably... Friday and Saturday. Well, I wasn't there on Friday. I, had to, I worked till late oh, on Friday, right. so I didn't get to go there Friday. But yeah, it was fun, too. We got to have fun with uh, Pastor Jack and his his crew at their church for a revival. Um, also, we didn't get to go Sunday because they were finishing it then, but... Um, just answer me this question, Mark. Unison uh, worship teams. How do you feel about that? A collaboration of worship teams. The idea of it, or as in what we did, what we did. That was it. Was awesome. It's always amazing, in my opinion. It is. It is. I it's like, like so much better than just us or just them. I think it was Lenny who made the comment. And I don't. I think he mentioned it to Pastor Jack or somebody else. But it's like if people came in that night and they didn't know that we were different churches, you would never know. You'd never, You'd know. never know. It was all like in one mind, one accord, unison is what yep. I was saying earlier. But it, it just it just flowed together so well that you couldn't tell. And I think not necessarily what we lack is what they have and what they lack is what we have, but we fit and it's such a nice mingled sound together. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was fun. Always. And, I, and I was trying to kind of be behave and be reserved. And you got uh, James Caldwell, Caldwell over there looking at me going like, trying to get me to go like that. Just, <laughs> you guys can't see my motions on there, but we just had a good time together. No, it, it was awesome. Good I listened word. to him too yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. It Is was fun. That's what I can think of. It was, so far, that was about the most eventful stuff was the services and the fellowship. Yep. Patty, what about you? Um, 
what are we talking about? <laughs> how your how your week's been so far, your week, Patty? Patty? Oh my week. Does that tell you that answers it right there? <laughs> what? What's going on? <laughs> uh, my week was good. Uh, let's see. Uh, I worked a lot. Got to fellowship a lot with the church and um, reach out to some people that I haven't spoken to in a long time, and to some new Christians that have started coming and. Um, trying to get to know them a little bit more and go to the revival and spend more time with my family. Yeah. And that's been great, hanging out with my kids and enjoy family time. All right. What was the most exciting thing to you about the revival this last weekend? The most exciting? But thing? the thing that stuck out the most to you, basically. Um, For myself, going to the altar. Oh, yeah. That was... I was going to say that and claim that as my own if someone didn't say it already, but when everybody, when you get up from the altar from praying and, and, and seeking God's face through your situation or whatever it may be, praying for somebody, you get up and look and there's no one in the pews and everyone's at the altar yeah. all around. There's no room to walk even through there. No. You know, that's... But I think I think the way your, your father did it, um, calling all the pastors first. Yeah. I think ourselves as pastors... We forget that we are human and we have to go to the altar. Right. And a lot of us just look at ourselves as we're better than everybody else or or that we're ready more so than others. And, and Holier than thou. And we're not. Right, right. We're not. It, and, and we have to remember that we have to get ourselves right. Right. You know. Exactly. I don't, I don't think it's a case of us remembering. I'm, I'm I, at least speaking for myself, I'm fully aware that. Well, yeah, that we're aware of I it. think it's more the perception, yeah, of what everyone else when they see. Okay, pastors, they hear that, and yeah, we have problems too. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like we like to point out the people in the Bible, they were real people, with real problems. They were right. literally reading about most of their problems, and the ones that we're not reading about is because we're living some of those same real problems right, sometimes. Right, so right. it's an eye opener, I think, for the congregation yeah. too. But just think about the name leader. Leader, yeah. they follow you, which, and you have to lead them to a place where, uh, not I'm not going to show you by saying or, but I'm going to show you by, by doing. doing exactly right. right. That's the best yeah. position to be in. It's like a living example. Of the phrase, "A picture is worth a thousand words." Right, right. And he poured his heart out too. I want to say that. Yeah. Poured his heart out and followed the Holy Spirit every step of the way. Yeah, it's one thing that I strive to do. It's not easy most of the time, especially being a preacher and, and kind of having an outline of what you want to do and how you want things to happen. But seeing from experience that the best outcomes always come when you follow the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Casey, you're up, sister. It's been a good week. Um, I've just been spending a lot of time with family, watching TV with my grandparents when I'm not at work. So... It's their fault that I'm boring. <laughs> it really is. That's okay. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'd rather be boring than in trouble all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what are you we watching? did have... What? What are you watching? The Chosen still. We're still working through that one. Still chucking Trying the to get to go see the first three seasons of episode four in theaters before they take it out. We'll see how quickly we can get through it. They have about an 8.30 bedtime, so we can't get much in between <laughs> five when I get off work and... When it's time for her to go to bed. <laughs> but um, 
We actually we haven't mentioned it yet. Sunday we went over to All Claire and had lunch with them for yes. their meal. Breaking the fast. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Breaking that. the fast, mm-hmm. which was so nice to see people that we haven't yes. seen for the last month. Almost month. Yeah. yeah. I got to see Kinsley for the first time here in a couple of weeks and that was a great time. Except Reunion. for when I wanted to go to the trash can and I had to carry a baby to the trash can. But I genuinely enjoyed and missed her. So and everybody else. Yeah, and I Bryce and myself, we have a fondness for Diet Coke. And that's something one of the things that we hadn't been that was not included in our list of things that were okay during the fast. Right. And so we were trying some because someone bought one for you or for yeah. whoever it was. So we we're sitting there drinking. It's like this is not so impressive as what we were expecting to be when we there finally get to go back to right it. about it. I had Subway today. Oh. It was not what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It makes us realize during after we get off the fest that we really didn't need it anyhow. No. Yeah. I did not feel that way about the banana pudding and the chicken dumplings though. <laughs> for everything else pretty much, but those hey. two. Those are my chicken and dumplings. I actually hey. made them. First time ever. Michael and I were going to have to make had, um, I didn't get any. <laughs> there's some at the house. Just plates over. ready. And we were going to escort both the chicken pudding. dumplings and the banana pudding in there. And we were just going to ask everyone to disregard the fact that we had our spoons out there with us. If we did go out <laughs> to get it, it was, it'd be perfectly normal. Nothing suspicious. No, but, we, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long, it felt like it was the longest ride ever. It really was. Felt like it took so long to get there, but I thought that I was going to lose my car because I turned instead of going all the way out to um, whatever road it is by the gas station. I turned on Sister Lakes Road. I don't know territorial. There was water all across from like two of the fields flooded. Yeah. I was like, well, I can't stop, <laughs> but Just I can't going. go very fast either. <laughs> yeah, I said Robin, we might be in trouble. <laughs> no, we uh, we enjoyed that and. How was your week, Bryce? Pretty good. Pretty good. I uh, spent some time with family and friends last week. We had Maya's aunt's funeral, took care of that, which was not easy, but never is. But at the end of the day, when you get around people and think about what she went from to what she's going to, it doesn't make you hurt that bad, you know? Yeah. But with that being said, it just reminds me of the frail fragileness or whatever you would say, but how frail life is. Life is but a vapor, you know, it's here for a second and it's gone. It just reminds you that we're not invincible and that we have an end date. Yeah. You know, just to take care of the time that you have with people that you love, with your family, and especially with God. Make sure that you're taken care of on that end of it to where you don't have to die. You can live on forever in eternity with the Father, not separated from Him. That's a big point there. Then Sunday we had a good service Sunday morning, like like normal. We're yeah, s- we're starting to not get. I don't want to say the word routine, but we're getting more comfortable with what we need to do. We're getting the hang of things. We're yeah. catching on to it. You know, I think there needs to be some sort of a routine, but not hitting your rhythm. <clears throat> right. We don't want to get into a place where we just do the same thing over and over, just because that's what's been done. Right. But we uh, we're catching the hang of it a little bit. We're getting more comfortable at our positions and. More comfortable with people, and I think that's been a great learning experience for me personally. How about you? Oh, yeah. What about you, Patty? Yes, definitely. And each week seems like it's just a little bit easier. Right. It's more comfortable. Yeah. 
It's less stressful thinking about it. There's less anxiety involved. Obviously, we know that God is going to intervene and take care of us during these times, but sometimes it takes a couple trips feeling that to really have faith in it. Right. It's not worried whether or not God can do it. It's more concerned over whether or not we can do it. Right. And in, in my place that I'm in personally, I feel like I'm trying to take it super seriously. Right. Which I'm not saying that I shouldn't, but I, I'm, I'm taking it super serious because it's a, it's a new position that holds higher responsibility. Right. Saying that there are lives at stake, you know, in what I say and what I do and how I act and react now have an effect. Yeah, like, you know, I always say little known, little required, much known, much required. And that's right. the same thing with where you stepping into where you're at. Right. And I'm trying to be as responsible with that and as real with that as I possibly can be. I'm just asking God to help me all the way through that. But with that being said, we got through that. And like Casey is mentioning, we had the luncheon on Sunday, went and broke fast with some friends and family. And then Sunday night, we had a another wonderful service. That was the first time I ever preached two full sermons in one day. I finally got to hear the God can one. And I'm still going to get at the beginning of the line for one of those shirts. Did you like it? Oh, yeah. I'm just checking. <laughs> Come on now. I think we have to add the God can and he will. And, and he, he will. will. That was a good point. We got to have yeah. the front God can and the back he will. I don't know where we're going to put the church information anymore, but. I don't know. It. it uh, that was a good one, I guess. Everybody really seemed to enjoy it. I. Uh, Thank God for it and give him all the glory. It's his words, not mine. But with that being said, we had a great service. Monday comes along. I didn't do much yesterday. I just spent time with Maya. We'd been taking her to her doctor's appointment because she's pregnant and learning all the ropes of that. I didn't know how many doctor's appointments were involved. It's going to get more. I know. and Yeah, we're getting (laughs) to a point where they're starting to happen. They've been once a month. Now they're going to be every other week, and then they're going to be every week until delivery and then. Check How many weeks her. is she? She's 24 weeks right now. She's measuring 27, though. So you're more than halfway. Yeah. Hey. That's good. And it seems like from what they're explaining to us, he's going to be around at the end of April now instead of the middle of May. Nice. So, which is exciting. I also moved all my deer heads out of his, <laughs> out of his room into my office here at the church. <laughs> Get the nursery ready. and I would say we can... Take the deer animals here if it's for rut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, and then today we're just doing this podcast today, and I'm I did some running around this morning, and and I'm always excited. I don't know about you, but I'm always excited for Tuesday. Oh is yeah. It time is it time is it time do we go? It's definitely planning around it. It's mm-hmm. definitely weird whenever things work out to way where we're not down here. Yeah. And even though it's still nice when we do it the other days, it's definitely got a different feel to it. True. <gasps> It's not Tuesday night. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, it feels right on Tuesday night. It's my week doesn't feel right unless it's done this way. It always messes up my days. Messes up my days when I have a meeting on Tuesday. Like, what day is it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not that it's on par with it, but kind of like how if, when we have a service that gets canceled or whatever, it's just not the same. You're missing that little bit or something. And again, not putting this on par with let me church ask attendance, you, but. This question, this is for all of you, and you can answer it in the way that you'd see see fit for yourself. I personally, now this might be a hot take coming from me, but this is as much as 
part of my spiritual walk with Christ and my walk with Christianity this night and talking and conversing with you guys is is building up to me as being in church services. Not yes. I'm not going to put it to the same level, but through the midweek, I don't feel like I can go without it. Correct. I'm with you on that one. Yep. Agreed. I feel like personally things I think differently, I speak differently, I react differently when I've been here on Tuesday because Monday is kind of an overflow from Sunday, so you got that build up, but then you got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to get you to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you build up, build up, build up, and I it's I need it through the week. As much as as much as I like doing this, I need to do this. Yeah. To speak things of of Christ, you know, and to be learning and to be looking to give valid points for people throughout this, to have Christian conversations with people, mm-hmm. you know, because at work we don't as much as we should. Um, out in public we don't as much as we should have Christian conversations, which yeah. obviously we do. I'm not saying we don't, but it's not like this to where it keeps your mind fully focused on that, and it's detrimental to me. And it's like... It's also sometimes like difference between down here, like like we joke around. Yeah, uh, obviously you've heard on other episodes, and we've definitely done a little bit more of that Tonight. this week. Yeah, <laughs> but it's and then the response from each of us, whenever it is any of that joking around, is a lot different than if we were trying to do something similar out talking to somebody that maybe we don't know so well. Right. You know, people they the minute you say anything that can be construed as negative to what they're doing, yeah, defense mode hits in. Yeah. It, and they start drawing in and they get re- they get then they get ready to attack instead of just taking it in the spirit it was offered and how it was meant. And you can get yourself into some touchy situations when you're just trying to kind of be fun and be friendly. fun and build up a Let, go conversation ahead. and such. My have have you guys realized we live in such an offended culture nowadays? Easily mm-hmm. offended, kind of weak mindset to where you can't even say anything anymore. Do you yes. Think? Yeah. I mean, you, uh, things that wouldn't be offensive five years ago, you say it now, and it's like, what's changed? They can't process yeah. an emotion. What, Mark? To in your mind, what would you do to combat that? just have to realize that just like with anything else, we have to draw our mindset and everything from the Bible. Right. We have to understand that even then, although it's more prevalent now, it's a lot more of if you disagree with what I say, I'm going to get mad and I'm going to find a way to make it. So you have to acknowledge the way I say and I feel because now my feelings are more important than whatever it is that we're discussing. Right. You got to realize like even then like how many how many churches would be offended right now if Jesus or the apostles came in and taught the way they taught? How many places would they maybe not even be allowed to speak? I think there's a fine mm-hmm. line between risking offense and not and not moving the way you should in in, yeah. in the terms of just saying um, do I want to offend them but I, I'm sorry if this offends you, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyways. Yeah, like we watched while we were waiting for Patty, we watched one of um, Bryce's Superbook cartoons on YouTube. Yep. About the, the Hebrew children in the furnace. Right. They very, the one character in it was 
trying to say, well, what's the big deal about, you know, just bowing down to this dead statue? It doesn't matter anyway. But it was the whole point of putting that on a level of where it shouldn't have been. Right. And that was more the, the problem than anything else. How do you feel about it, Casey? I think that coming from a different perspective, I guess, giving advice to somebody who's trying not to take offense to something. Because I think that as pastors and as Christians, even, you don't even have to be in a position where you're preaching to somebody. There are going to be situations where you have to say something to somebody that they might not receive well. Yeah. An uncomfortable truth, perhaps. Yeah. But speaking to the effect of somebody who is having to receive an uncomfortable truth or even if it's just in a passing comment, you have to stop trying to assume somebody's intentions. Yeah. Right. You can't assume that somebody's trying to hurt your feelings. You can't keep assuming that somebody's saying something's a direct attack to you because a lot of times you're not. No. Yeah. Sometimes it's a passing comment that they didn't think all the way through when it happens to the best of us. Right. Or right. something they didn't even realize would be offensive to you. Or if it's the case, it's a hard truth that you need to hear. Understand that the intention is not to hurt you no. or to shame you, but there is to such save thing you in as, a way. There is such thing as constructive criticism. Yeah. Right. Not all criticism is destructive. It's not a personal attack. It's somebody trying to genuinely aid you. Right. Yeah. Everything that do, that you don't agree with or everything that you don't like hearing isn't a personal attack against you. Right. No. And the thing is, look at when those situations arise. Would you rather someone say, just kind of gloss over it and more worry about how you're going to take what they're saying? And then you get into a situation where maybe someone's always told you one thing. And so you think it because they're just catering to what you're thinking. And then you get in a situation where you have to use whatever the skill was and you can't do it because no one was willing to say, hey, you know, you're not doing this right or this isn't what you need to do, but this is how you can. Right. Instead of just, like, I don't want to say butter and you're up, but that's pretty much kind of what it right. seems like to me. Let me tell you my answer on that. All right. In the moment, yes, I would want someone to butter me up. and, and But when it gets to a point where I have to live on what I know, I want them to shoot it to me straight. Yep. I want them to tell me the truth. In the moment, sometimes we feel like that we want things a certain way or we're willing to go with the easier route. But when you get in the long term and see like, ooh, this isn't really this didn't that that quick rash decision didn't have any longevity to it. But I need now, I need now what I should have got when I was sitting here getting the quick stuff. And it might have been a lot easier and worked a lot better had you gotten some of that then, even if not all of it. Right. How would you, Patty, combat combat somebody who is who takes offense at things lightly? So, for instance, I had that happen to me yesterday. Okay. Gave constructive criticism, per se, and that person got very offended and hurt and didn't want to speak to me. And I said, what's the matter? I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I was just stating the fact that this, this, and this. I said, I was just trying to help you out. Right. You know, I didn't mean it in a bad way. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Yeah. But then I noticed that I did hurt hurt her feelings, you know, and I said, okay, I better just let it go. Look out the window. Don't say anything. Yeah. Because I didn't want to push it. 
Right. Because sometimes we keep pushing the button that we know we pushed already. Right. And we make it worse than what it is. And that person gets hurt more and more. So we're not doing anything to help it. We're not helping the situation at all. But later in the day, she apologized. That's what That was one of the questions that I was going to ask you hearing that. When you know that you've, you've kind of ticked somebody off or offended them with uh, and I want and I want to be very clear on this, not with something just you're trashing them for no reason, but giving them a reason, do you apologize for it if they get mad about it? I don't think you should. You know what I mean? You shouldn't, but I, I did because I I felt that maybe I hurt their feelings. I'm I'm sorry for hurting their feelings if they right. took offense. Right. You know, I'm just that's me. But not sorry for what was said, just so- the fact that was right. exactly sorry for your approach. Right. And can I say this real fast before we go get to Casey? Yeah, go for it. She, I don't think she, I think she inadvertently mentioned the way that you can tell when it's someone that is attacking you versus someone that's not. Is if they were really attacking you and trying to offend you on purpose, they're not going to try and say, "Hey, I'm sorry. This is how this came out." Right. right they're just going right. to let it go. Right. But when you know that someone that you maybe you take offense to what they said or how they said it. Yeah. And they come to you and say, "Hey, I'm sorry. This is offending." I mean, this, I, this is. This is the truth, but the fact, the way you took it, the way it, you feel from it, that I'm sorry that it affected you that way. That's a difference in constructive versus destructive. But yeah. on, on my end, I also prayed for that person, you know, right. that the Lord would help them. Open their eyes. Yeah, to kind of help them to understand that I wasn't I wasn't doing it to hurt them. Right. You know, but to help them. To build them up, right. You know. Speaking on what you were saying, should you apologize if you know that you were right? It just brought to my remembrance the Sermon on the Mount whenever Jesus was telling the masses, if you're coming to the altar to make a sacrifice or to worship, you remember that a brother has an ought against you. Right. Go and reconcile that first. The ought doesn't have to be because they have a reason to have it. Right. Correct. Even if you're correct, but you have said something that could offend somebody or draw them away, I guess, from a relationship, even if it was constructive and they have no real reason to be offended. I think that's evidence enough that we still have to go and make things right regardless of. It's a good point, Casey. Yeah. Very valid point. Yeah. Because a lot of times our, our, our stubbornness or I think even be headiness that yeah. when I'm right and they're, they're going to apologize to me, you know, I think we are both wrong in that position. Even the matter, not I, I'm not going to say no matter what it is, but a lot of the times we get mad about stuff that's it's simple. It's just little stuff. Especially stuff nowadays. You get so, like we're saying, everybody's so easily offended. Um, like Patty was saying, I'm not sorry that I said it, but maybe I came off wrong to you. Maybe I came off as uh, trying to be prestigious over you or or better than you or prevailing over you. I'm yeah. just, I want to make sure that I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I'm better or anything, but this is what I would do. And maybe it's a case of it's obviously knowing that what you said is not wrong, but it's like, okay, once you see the reaction, okay, is there a better way I could have said this that wouldn't cause that reaction and they would listen to what I'm saying then? Right. Us not trying to say that the advice or whatever is wrong. Right. Sometimes it's just a delivery or it's a case of just that one time out of 100 is the only time they would have got offended, but whereas maybe any other time it would have been no problem. Who knows? Right. So it's just kind of finding that balance of the way to be honest without having to retract what you're saying. Right. I've had to learn that sometimes it's not the right time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sometimes you want somebody to progress faster than they're ready to. Exactly. And you want to go and you want to correct. But that's where you make the mistake of making an offense to somebody that could draw them away. You make the push. Right. Because it's not the right time for that type of correction. It's not the right time for that type of constructive criticism. Right. We want to take things into our own hands a lot of the times. And that lands us in trouble sometimes, both, you know, spiritually and also in the real world. Like we're talking about things are so easily offensed now. And beyond that, I know we touched on social media last week. That's a whole new platform where all of a sudden you offend the wrong person or enough people. All of a sudden that's everywhere. Yeah. I think that's on our list this week actually is cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah, we were uh, kind of touching on that already with the whole taking offense. That's, I think, kind of hand in hand with right. cancel. Yeah, that's how cancel culture has started. Someone gets offended by something and, and they start a petition. Yep. And here's the thing to remember about that with both cancel culture and with people that get offended, they want to get loud. Yeah. The loudest person in the room is not automatically necessary, necessarily right. Right. Well, you were talking on just a second ago, Mark, about taking the wrong approach to the right thing. Yeah. You know, and the same, it's like you were listening to the sermon that I preached the other day about Peter in the garden. He took the wrong approach at what God was saying, hey, my kingdom's coming. He thought his kingdom's really coming down to earth and we're going to go and now I'm going to pull my sword out and smoke Malchus's ear. <laughs> but what he did, and I made the analogy for the church. When we act out of anger or act swiftly without thinking, sometimes we cut the devices or sever the devices off for hearing what you're even saying. Now, this is what you call confirmation. Obviously, I wasn't here Sunday morning to hear that. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to something earlier today, and I was talking something similar about the same about the whole the same account about cutting off the servant's ear. Yeah. Why was it such a big deal that Jesus put the ear back on? Because it. It totally canceled the debt of what Peter was going to... Peter made a mistake that was damnable. He was going to go to prison for it. They wouldn't have taken Jesus, but it was just like he did for us on the cross. He made it like there was no evidence of what he did. That's what the point I was getting was it wasn't even such going to jail. That was a punishable by death offense. Right, yeah. So now if that servant goes forward and asks, well, did this happen? Yeah, he cut my ear off. There's no evidence. It doesn't exist anymore. And just like with... Going to the cross, same thing. So you might have been listening to one of the same guys I was. Yeah. Today, just like it just removed everything away from it. There's no evidence of him ever doing anything wrong. Yeah. There might be blood on his shirt, might be blood. But every time Malchus felt that ear on his head, he knows that Jesus put it back together. And I'd wager there wasn't even a scar. Nope. No. So they, in, in the accounts that I was reading, not to get in a rabbit hole or anything, they never said Jesus bent over and picked it up either. No. He grabbed his head aggressively and put the ear either back on or regenerated a new one right there. Yeah. So anyhow, let's get back to the point here. Let's talk about cancer cancer cancel culture. Not it could cancer. be it could be a, a type of cancer <laughs> in society, it's, but it's, it's it is a cancer of society. But the cancel culture. Um a lot of the things it, it starts really simply by disagreement. And a lot of the time it's unbiased disagreement. You know, it's unbased. They have no set of a reasoning why. They just don't like it because you said one thing or you did one thing one way and they just blow up. But how would you combat in, in your mind, Mark, the cancel culture? Well, I would 
first I'd start off by I'd recognize it's not something new. Right. It's been going on for a very, very long time. Um, it's never worked. No. It may have its temporary time. It actually does work, but in the adverse of what it the tries to do. The opposite way. Like with the – I mean, we don't have to, even have to go all the way back. We can go just to the apostles' lives. Right. Um, they talk about how the whole fear drove them away. It's like, well, they were trying to silence them and threaten them. And then by doing so, instead of – if they had just let them be, I still think it would have spread. Right. As quickly? No. Right. But by putting such a fear in them, they had to get out of there. They got out of the direct influence of the people in that area and were able to spread the message even further and spread it faster. Yeah. We use the analogy all the time of what happens if you stomp on a fire. Scatters the embers. Scatters the embers, and you have other little pockets of stuff that maybe if it doesn't catch on fire, you start to get the smoke. Yeah. So you've got the... The signs that something it's is happening. burning there, even right. if you don't have the fire yet. Right. What would you do, Casey, to combat cancel culture? I would make myself very aware of the actual situation before I made any rash decisions. Yeah. Not as myself being canceled, but if looking at somebody else who people are um, tearing down, I guess, or attempting to cancel, I think it's very easy, especially today in this day and age to look at something and think that you have all the facts and then make a decision when in reality, like you said, you have a very biased view of what's happening. I think we need to be very careful of the types of decisions that we're making regarding ourselves and each other and even just other individuals, you know, big preachers, whatever, anybody. Right. I think that it's dangerous to make decisions based on limited knowledge. Yeah. I'd say the church can be guilty of it too. Yeah. As guilty as anybody else sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. We well, get those... she, she brought us to a new level of basically not how do you stop cancel culture from, from tearing you apart, but how do you stay off the bandwagon of yeah. cancel culture? That's we're, the thing. We we're have quick these, to judge. We have these groups of people who are like, oh, we think this about them. We think this about them. And like it or not, we're doing the exact same thing that we try to combat. Right. How about you, Patty? What do you think of some things to either counter cancel culture or to protect yourself from it or to stop it? Just to think before you speak yeah. kind of thing. Treat others like you want to be treated. Main focus. Golden rule. Yeah. It's easy. It is pretty. And all it, these it, two like, hang all the laws and the prophets. Yeah. If Love you, thy neighbor as thyself. Thy basics. Thy That's basics. That's the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thy basics. Yes, thy this basics. is the. Uh, this is now the King James podcast. That's yes. a good point, though. It's yeah. hard to stay mad at somebody who loves you. Yeah. It's hard to be mad at somebody who treats you well. Right. We all we, we've always heard said you can't have a fight with just one person. Right. If the other person's not fighting. It's going to be over pretty quickly, not because they're probably getting knocked out, because you're you're taking the person that's trying to start the fight or keep the fight going is now losing the motivation and the satisfaction to get out of it because they're not getting someone riled up. They're not getting the response that they want to to keep them egging it on. That's a big point, too. 
if you do find yourself in a position where you're being canceled, for lack of better words, you don't have to respond. No. Don't be quick to respond. Nope. If you have to make a statement, make <laughs> it brief and make it factual and then move on. I, I like that. You don't have to respond. And most of the time, people only will come after you to get a response. Exactly. They want a response. That's what they're desiring for. They want to call you out to the street to battle this out, you know, and... Catch We're gonna, me outside. Right. Catch me outside. <laughs> How about that? If you don't have anything to hide, you don't have any reason to not let the fact speak for itself. To open your mouth. Amen. Um, we can give a verse to this one. James 1.19. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Yep. Right. You know, it's very easily, or very easy to get swept up in the motion of ourselves as well. Right. Because, you know, especially if it's a case of where we know that we're right about something, or even we think we might be right, it's we can get irritated. This is part of my my sermon. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should, I, should I back up? No, okay, you're fine. Okay, good. Because I'm more not going to cancel. The <laughs> there we go. You're trying to cancel yes. Mark Archie Patty. Mm-hmm. Cancel him. <laughs> so it's like, it's not saying not to speak and not to get angry. But it's saying to listen quickly, think about what you're going to say, mm-hmm. and then kind of temper the anger because you don't want it to overrule when you do speak. With this thought in my mind of James one nineteen, right? Yes, sir. Uh, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. If you take time to think about what they've said, take time to make a response a lot of times you just won't even respond. Mm-hmm. It's Some like, things aren't worth a response, it's to be like, really honest with you. I've heard what you said. I'm taking a little time to, you know, just sit on it and, and, and expand what they've said and what they mean by what they said. And I'm just not going to respond. And there's no reason to get mad about it. We could throw verse 20 in to finish that one off, too. Let's hear it. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So making those moves in anger just because you got mad because they disagreed with you isn't isn't the play. It, it, no. <laughs> it's not going to turn out good because here's the other thing. Like say she if she had meant to, to attack the lady she was talking to and she got mad when the lady got offended, then what's going to happen... Once that lady kind of calms down and realizes that she was right, now she knows that anything she hears from her is going to be attacked. She's not going to come back and listen. Right. But by handling it the way she did, once that lady calms down, she can't, like you said, she came back to apologize. Now she's also going to be more open to listening to whatever it was you were going to say. Some people just need to know by experience that you're real. That's it. You know, oh man, I, I went off the deep end a little bit and she, she apologized to me, and and I did. I was the one that was wrong. And then I apologized, and we got it right. And now she can confide in you. She can understand that you're trustable with with opinions. That she don't care if it hurts. She's gonna tell you the truth, no matter what. She knows that you can. She can come to you and get the a real response, and one that's not not based in anger or based in covetousness or anything like that. Just a true, unbiased opinion. She knows that you were looking out for her, not looking to target. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Let's talk about the next one. Okay, let me go back to my list here. We got a well, and that's the case. The one that kind of ties in with that is this, should we filter our faith? Filter our faith. Exp- explain that a little more so we can answer it better. Filter our faith as in maybe be overcautious or think through too much to maybe say, okay, let's not, let's kind of lessen where we get everything from. Let's not be as. Not filter your it. faith so much as filter your sources. Be a good one. Filter your response. Filter. Or where you're choosing to accept teaching from or instruction from. Okay. Oh, that base. Because when you're when I when I think of it, I think of at the risk of offending somebody, should I say this or should I say that? Some days I say no and just be like, give it to them how it is and how it's straight. And then some days it's like you think like Paul. When I'm in in Rome, I'm Roman, and he did things. When I'm with the Jews, I'm Jew. When I'm with the Greeks, I'm Greek. When he did things, he specifically he wasn't doing their customs, but he he did something at the risk of offending them and turning them away from the gospel. He didn't do it. That was the only type of offense he cared about. Was that it? Would, that by any means he wouldn't push them away. And not that what he was doing was wrong. It was like, okay, I know I'm strong enough in my faith. I know I can do this. But I know if I do this in front of this group while I'm with them, yeah, it's not going to draw them to Christ. It's going to push them away. Right. It's going to make them fight it more instead. I think we have to be very wise in our decision-making on what we do when we're posed with questions or when we're posed with an opportunity to say something. You know, you see something and, oh, I can I can tell them, you know, this is a... But I think you filter that on a case-by-case case basis. Case-by-case. Case. That's a good way to put it. Just person-by-person. Person. And that takes having a relationship. And sometimes I think you go the the general route when you first meet somebody just because. But when you start to build a relationship and understand where, you know, you build a trust, build a relationship with somebody to where they, they understand your opinion isn't an attack. But I think even beyond that, you don't – Having a relationship with somebody makes it easier, but I think we need to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit more too to guide us in what it is appropriate to say and what it isn't to somebody based on the circumstance. He'll know exactly what to say. Right. And if we learn to tune in there and to really listen instead of thinking in our own selves that we know what's right and what's wrong, we'll learn how to be more effective, I think. I know. I don't have to think it. I know. You won't learn. You will be more effective. It's true. But it's not you having the effect. It's the Holy Spirit of God, which knows all things and is present at all times. So, And also the other side of it, well, not the other side, but another angle on it. Have you got you guys seen the any of the God's Not Dead movies? Yes. yes. Have you seen the one with um, the one blonde girl, it was like in Sabrina or whatever it was, the teenage witch, and she's a school teacher? And she Possibly. Has a, she has a student that comes to her who's having lost her, her brother. Yeah. And she just asks her, you know, just this is outside school, and you're just asking her, you know, why are, you, how do you make it through things? And then the teacher just responds with the honest answer of Jesus. So which then causes the student to kind of ask more, which kind of irritates the parents because the parents start feeling that she's pushing religion on their daughter. Right. So I guess the other side of it is like, should we filter it that way? Should we? Myself, I don't feel we should like to the other podcast you like understand 
I don't think we should filter it in a way of if someone asks us that honest question like that, that that's the answer, that's the answer. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same. It's just like you're saying, it's case by case, person by person, and, and circumstance by circumstance. Um, there's a place and a time. I think Jesus Christ is the answer for all reasons and problems that we have in any oh, situation definitely. and circumstance we can find ourselves. But at the same point in time, what is going to be the best? But in Casey's point comes along beautifully with that. Uh, be keen to the the Holy Spirit talking to you. Be keen to the voice of God uh, guiding you and directing you in those things. And if you trust in that, you'll have the exact words to say. You'll have the right thing to say. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you into a place where it's like you've said something that you will have to stand by. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will lead you into, I would not say, I'm going to say it this way, a test or a trial. He's going to put you in a place to where are you really unashamed of my faith? Are you really unashamed of my gospel? Are you going to stand? Now that you've said it, do you believe it? You know, it's 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 a good, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you won't go wrong. Yeah. Amen. I thought she was like nodding. I thought she had something to say on no, that, too. No, that was just me non-verbally agreeing. Oh, okay. Non-verbally <laughs> should agreeing. Should we filter our faith? I think we should filter what comes in. Yeah. And and I think we should let the Holy Spirit do it. I think we should let God and the Word of God filter what we what comes in and filter what goes out. It's easier if you put things in clean and they come out cleaner. Not yeah. Just speaking on the natural sense of a filter, yep. it's easier to clean clean water or pretty much clean water. It's easier to filter that the lighter, smaller things out. But if you put in nasty, muddy junk all the time, it's going to be harder to get the clean out. Yeah. So if you want to be able to combat or help somebody that has a has a problem, you need to be continually putting in the Word of God, continually listening to the Spirit of God, continually adding all these things. So in the time that you need to respond, in the time that you have questions uh, uh, brought up to you, you have a good, filtered answer. Yeah. Which kind of ties in with the next one. A lot of these were tied together, like the group we did first from last week kind of fit together. And then this kind of does as well as like now that we're talking about cancel culture and filtering our faith and such is um, how should we effectively or whatever discern the people that we listen to, determine, you know, who should we listen to and things like that with these different, with all these different voices that are out there. Right. And there are, there are no shortage of voices of people that want to say something. I'm not so naive to say that just listen and whatever you like. A lot of times what you like ain't what you need. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> but with that being said, I would say this way, the best way that you can filter them out is through the word of God. Exactly. If it doesn't line up with that, I would stray away from it. So it all comes back down to, I feel like tonight, your own personal walk more than anything. It comes down to studying and knowing what is and isn't true. Biblically, it comes down to prayer and praying for discernment from the Holy Spirit and things. If you don't already have that as a baseline, or you're not at least working to have that as a baseline, you're not going to have the ability, I don't think, to determine outside sources if you don't have the initial source already down. I think you'll very quickly get led astray if you just yeah. go based on your own opinion. Yeah. Or others' opinion. Exactly. You have to study the word out for yourself. Yep, study to show thyself approved, not mm -hmm. your neighbor approved. Or That's right. Make sure that they're right. What you need to do is be 
be very biased, I think. If they don't line up with the word of God, I wouldn't use it. Yeah. Wouldn't listen to them either. Because in my opinion, we were talking about it earlier, that with some denominations, their their man-made rules and their regulations for their churches and how they go, they the words that they say to start off, I was listening to a preacher and everything sounded was great, you know, I was taking notes and, and, and learning from it and then it got to denominational junk that and then I was like the rest of what you said doesn't have any value to me anymore. Yeah. You got into just man made ideologies that it devalues everything that you say. And I think another thing is when we talk about that is the importance of having a Bible with you, whether it's an app or whether it's an actual paper book, because it's very easy to lead someone astray if they don't read, or if, or to like with the screens we use to make it say whatever in the world we want. But if you can't verify, if you can't say, "Hey, this is what this says," and it lines with what you got here, you don't know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to combat cancel culture effectively through the Holy Spirit through the filter and the eyes and the lenses of the Word of God. Yep. And the same way we need to filter preachers, um, even different Bibles. I mean, yeah. we need to base that off the King James Version. That's just my opinion. I think it's most accurate. I would agree. Then to say it at the end, we're going to stop this podcast tonight. We'll see you back next Tuesday, the same place. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.